We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. I grew up in a home that was built when they were still using coal to heat homes. And if you don't know anything about what that looks like, each of these homes had a basement. It was an unfinished, dirty place. And what would happen is the coal deliveries would come and open up a hatch and they would drop the coal down into the basement. And then the owners of the home would use the coal to help heat the house. Now, it's the 1970s. And we don't use coal as a way to heat our houses. And so my basement has this gigantic chasm that looks like a cave. There's a dirt floor and there's rocky walls and there's nothing that's finished down there. And to be quite honest, it's kind of spooky. And so in kindergarten and in the first grade, Around Halloween, I would tell my friends that there was a witch that lived in the basement. I wanted people to think that I was cool because there was a witch in the basement. But what was even more cool was that there was a monster buried in my backyard. I'm two years old. I'm lying in my crib at night. I'm asleep. There's a nice glow from the nightlight in the corner that's lighting up the green 1970s carpet, and I'm just lying there sleeping peacefully when suddenly I am awoken by drumming. And the drumming sounds get louder. And as they get louder, I can then hear chanting that's going along with it. A loud chanting sound that is echoing throughout my room. And immediately, I wake up to figure out what this sound is all about. And I can feel my heart starting to beat. And I am really scared. It's dark and the sounds echoing all around me is terrifying. When I look up at the ceiling, And out of the ceiling comes a shadowy figure of a man. It just looks like a shadow. And it floats down and it stands right next to my crib. And I scream, the most blood-curling scream. The shadow is just standing there looking at me. When almost immediately my parents come storming into the room to find out what is going on. I don't have words to say that there's a shadow man standing next to my bed. All I can do is point and scream. My dad has his rifle. He points the gun at the shadow figure and tells it to leave. The shadow figure runs out of my bedroom, down the hall and outside, and my father follows him down the road and shoots him dead. 
A while later, my dad comes back and tells me that he has shot the shadow man and he is buried in the garden in the backyard. I think that's pretty amazing. There is a monster buried in my backyard. I saw it and my dad shot it dead and it's buried in the backyard. And so, including telling people that there was a witch in the basement, there was also a real live monster buried in the garden of my backyard. And I would tell everybody that. And people probably didn't believe me. They probably didn't believe me that there was a witch in the basement, and honestly, that was because it wasn't true. But there was absolutely a monster buried in my backyard. I'm nine years old. I'm sitting in the front seat of a yellow gremlin. Three of my friends have been shoved into the back, in, into this little teeny coupe of a car, and my mother is driving down the street, and I am telling my friends how amazing it is that I have a monster buried in the backyard. And my mom says to me, well, that's not entirely true. And I said, what do you mean that's not entirely true? I saw the, the shadow man come out of the ceiling, and then you guys chased it out of my room, and you told me that Dad shot it and buried it in the garden. And she said, well, you know, a couple of days before that happened, I happened to be in the supermarket, and I overheard two parents talking about their children kept having nightmares. They kept seeing these monsters under the bed or, or different kinds of monsters in their rooms. And the parents didn't know what to do. And one of the parents said, I found a solution. When our child said that there was a monster, we ran into the room and we pretended to see it. And then we chased it out of the room and told it it was never allowed to come back. And that seemed to work really well. And so we kind of put a little note card in our brain that said, hey, if our son ever has a nightmare, we might need to use this as a strategy to deal with the monster. Lo and behold, three days later, you are seeing a monster coming out of the ceiling. I said, well, I saw it. I heard, I heard drumming sounds. I heard chanting sounds. I saw the monster coming out of the ceiling. And she said, well, we lived in a home where that upstairs was being rented out by a man who would sometimes come home drunk. And the door to his home was right next to your window. And so we caught him sometimes tapping on your window, just tapping. And we told him to stop. But he would sometimes come and tap on your window just to scare you. And then your bed was right next to his staircase. And so he would step on the stairs, boom, 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 all the way up to the top floor. And then the man loved to listen to rock and roll music, and he would blast it. And his living room was right above your room. And so you could hear the sounds. I don't know why you saw the shadow figure coming out of the ceiling, but your dad and I actually didn't see it. We just pretended and when you were screaming, your dad grabbed his gun and he pretended to run that shadow man out of the room and told you that he shot it and buried it in the backyard. Well, that is a huge bummer because 
I really, really wanted to have a dead monster in my backyard. Now I'm sharing this with you because it's Halloween time and it's a, it's a fun story to tell. But it also is the introduction to the question of the podcast. And the question is this, what are we craving? Many of you have heard me talk about the love and belonging tank in the past. When our love and belonging tank is full, we feel loved, we feel cherished, we feel valued, we feel appreciated, we feel recognized. But when it's empty, we feel all those rooms really raw. Loss, neglect, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, abuse, all of those wounds are even more raw. We feel less than. We feel unacknowledged. We feel invisible. We're not sure that we're loved. Sometimes we even feel hated. And knowing my background and knowing what was going on, there was a part of me that was craving attention. And why was that? Because a lot of my world did not feel entirely safe. So my love and belonging tank, although I don't think it was completely empty, was maybe half full. And just like the fuel tank in your vehicle, even if it's half full, it's still in need of being filled. Yes, your car can function, your truck can function, it can do what it needs to do, but eventually you're going to have to fill it up. And that gap, that emptiness in the tank, that is part of the answer to what it is that we're craving. This is a really important question to ponder because we often find ways to numb that craving or satisfy that craving in unhealthy ways. And there's millions of ways that we can do that. Shopping, food, sex, drugs, alcohol, work, all kinds of different ways that we will spend trying to fill in that gap, that emptiness in our love and belonging tank. But it doesn't actually work that well. It never really fills it up. In fact, it's sometimes like you've just poured sugar in the fuel tank, which will totally seize up the engine. It will ruin it. And that's sometimes what we do. And so then we feel ashamed that we are craving that shadow of shame. The judge comes up and says, well, there's something wrong with you. You shouldn't need connection. You shouldn't need affection. You shouldn't need affirmation. You shouldn't need presence. You just, you need to learn how to do this all by yourself. You shouldn't need that. We then listen and then we feel shame because we are craving something. And then we turn to the unhealthy choices to fill it in. And then the judge shows up again and says, why did you do that? You knew that that was bad. You knew that that was horrible. Why did you do that? And so we pause for a moment and we ask ourselves, what is it that I'm craving? And if I were to sit down with that five-year-old, six-year-old Troy and say, hey, you're telling this story about a witch and a monster in your backyard. What is it that you're craving? I'm craving someone to listen to me. I'm craving someone to pay attention and, and laugh and be amazed at the story that I'm telling. I'm wanting someone to notice me. Of course you are, because that is a fundamental need that all of us have. 
And so if I'm able to now as an adult sit with the question of what it is that I'm craving and I can actually identify it, I might then be able to find a way to get that need met in a healthy way without having to tell a story or at least a fake story like the witch in the basement. I can actually tell a real story, a funny story, a sad story, a longing for connection story. I can tell the truth about my experiences and what I need, what I need right now and how you might be able to help me. So this season, as we begin with the Halloween season, followed by the Thanksgiving season, followed by the Christmas and Hanukkah season, followed by the New Year's, there's a lot of opportunity to enjoy each other, hopefully even amid COVID, enjoy each other, be with each other. We have a lot of opportunity to eat a lot of food that maybe we wouldn't be eating. And through all of that, all of the festivities, all of the fun, check in with yourself and and ask yourself, what am I craving? What do I really, really need here? And especially because of COVID and the isolation that many of us have experienced, I'm guessing that what we need is some affection, some presence, some attention, affirmation. We need love. So this holiday season, I hope that you can find that kind of love that you're seeking. And I'm hoping that maybe also you can give that kind of love to somebody else. That you can listen to the little boy who tells you that there's a witch in his basement. Or you can listen to the little girl who tells you about the monster under the bed. And you can listen and honor their experience and see them. See yourself as someone who's worthy of love and belonging without having to do anything to earn it. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If you loved the show or want to ask a question, let us know by going to TroyLLove.com. There, you can also learn about the Finding Peace 5-Day Challenge. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss the next episode. And if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a 5-star rating. It helps other people find this podcast more easily. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.